Joe Manchin surprised everybody in the way that he did this and where he did this, to be perfectly frank. I will tell you my initial reaction on Sunday was the Grinch that stole Christmas. I want to serve as a bridge between law enforcement and the community because we have a lot of rebuilding there. We need to earn the community's trust again. She had a tiny little one-foot, two-foot tree in her hospital room. <laughs> Seeing her see all the things that's all new to her, you can just see the wonder in her eyes. Because like you said, going from a little tiny hospital room to the big world, it's a huge difference. You're listening to Pod Suey, the week's top stories served a la carte. Subscribe at thegreatvoice.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan was officially killed for now when West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin said this on Fox News Sunday. If I can't go home and explain it, to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get there. You're done. This is, this is a no. This is a no on this legislation. Michigan Congresswoman Debbie Dingell was one of the Democrats who passed it in the House, and she talked to Guy Gordon. Joe Manchin surprised everybody in the way that he did this and where he did this, to be perfectly frank. Uh, I think he is very frustrated. I think many people are frustrated. And quite frankly, I think that there are many things in Build Back Better that the American people are counting on need to have. So, uh, uh, you know, I sort of, I will tell you my initial reaction on Sunday was the Grinch that stole Christmas because he was taking help away from parents on your child tax credit, as you just talked about women that are trying to go back, and men too, but quite frankly, it's more women trying to get back into the workforce, can't find childcare. You know, there isn't anybody, seniors to children that are not scared whether they can afford their medicine. We're trying to lower the cost of prescription drugs. You know, my bill on long-term care that there are more than a million people on waiting lists for home and community-based care. And look, Global climate's real. We, this industry, wants to lead the way in the world on converting to electric vehicles. A lot of important things on that. We can't abandon any of that. Uh, tempers are short. We need to, I think, be careful about yelling at each other. The president, if we could lower the cost of prescription drugs by an executive order, Republicans would have done that as well as Democrats. People are desperate to lower the cost of the price of their insulin, their asthma medicine, their heart medicine. People are taking every day. So we can't. Okay, and I want to talk about the prospects for this going forward. But please, your reaction to Camilla Jayapal saying basically to heck with the Congress, to heck with Joe Manchin in the Senate. We, We should do this via executive order. Do you think that's a, first of all, is it constitutional and is that the appropriate way to go forward? And that's the leader of the Progressive Caucus. There are some things that can be done that way. I mean, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I couldn't get back there because I had too many commitments here at home, but the EPA announced its fuel economy standards. You know what? I think you're working on that, guy. And if it had come to Capitol Hill, it never would have gotten done. Those are things that could be done by rulemaking, and the president, as you'll recall, made an announcement with the autos, the unions, and the environmentalists setting a target of 50% electric vehicles by 2030. Some of that could be done by executive order. Some of it was just a commitment by everybody. You can do some things that way, but you can't reduce the cost of prescription drugs just by an executive order. would be nice. There are things that we can do to try to get there, but we got to pass it in the Congress. 
And right. you got to get 60 votes for anything, which is why the reconciliation process is so important, because one person right now has the ability to stop things that a lot of people in America want. So we all got to take a deep breath. People are frustrated. They're angry. Uh, I'm frustrated. I'm trying not to be angry. I know people really need help, and I'm going to keep figuring out how we get them that help they need. But what you, you talk about the Grinch, and I understand that, and 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 yet I got to tell you, it, it's sitting just in the cheap seats here. When when Fred Upton voted for the infrastructure plan, the blowback from his party was huge. Joe Manchin says he doesn't want to support this because he thinks with inflation he's got a variety of reasons why he doesn't want to, and the blowback was huge. Why are we at the point now where voting your principles, voting your values, is less important than than party loyalty? Because that's that's the seems to be the subtext to all of this. Am I wrong about that? So there is that with some people. I won't do it. And, you know, Fred is one of my dearest friends, as you know, and I have I've watched what he's gone through. The threats this time, when that bill will help people in his district. It's gonna, he's got Benton Harbor, which has got lead in its water. His roads need fixing, just like mine do. He's right, but Democrats people. are now doing the same thing to their own. I mean, you heard well, AOC, you heard Omar. Okay, so we have that in both parties. I'm trying to get everybody to take a deep breath and... Um, I got to ask you this: This was a mammoth bill, though the the Build Back Better. Um, is there a possibility in twenty twenty two, even though it's an election year, even though there are things that are hyper partisan, that you break that thing down into bite sized pieces, and maybe you just you shrink the menu a bit instead of just shrinking the portions, and, and say, look, we're going to fund family leave. We're going to do something about uh, child tax credits and take the things that are doable and perhaps that could get some bipartisan support. Is is that something that can be done, or are we so entrenched that there's no way that we get that that kind of support? First of all, I want everybody to have hope as they're listening to this conversation. The President and Joe Biden talked on Sunday night. They talked about things that they could agree on. The reason it's become so complicated is because you cannot use the reconciliation process for a multitude of bills. So there are things we really need to get done, and the only way we're going to get them done is through the reconciliation package. The U.S. Senate confirmed Dawn Eisen as the first black woman to be U.S. Attorney for Michigan's Eastern District, replacing acting U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District, Simon Motion, who herself made history as the first Muslim American to hold that post. Dawn Eisen appeared on All Talk with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz. Someone actually texted me and said congratulations, and I didn't really know to tell you the truth. So wow. following um, <laughs> Senate cloakroom on Twitter, and that's how I found out. That's exactly how I found out. Oh, my out, goodness. So um, I'm very, uh, I was very grateful. I was, had just finished dinner with my husband and my son, and they were in the uh, store, and they came back out, and I was like, I'm confirmed, I'm confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very, it was a very exciting moment. It's a long journey, but it was so, it's so worth it, so worth it. Uh, what, a, what a fun and uh, exciting story. That's great. So, so <laughs> as you... As you come in, what are some of what are some of the goals you have that I know it's early, but what are some of the things you'd like to accomplish? OK, 
Okay, well, I think if I could say it in three words, it would be rebuild, reinvigorate, and restructure. We're going to rebuild our, uh, our, our, our trust with the community. I want to serve as a bridge between law enforcement and the community because we have a lot of rebuilding there. We need to earn the community's trust again. Um, and so we're going to work very actively to do that with community outreach and reinvigorate. We're going to um, give additional resources to our civil rights unit. We're not just a place that we put people in prison, but we're also a place that we pursue systemic discrimination and policing, housing, and employment. And so they're going to get additional resources so they can pursue um, pattern or practice investigations and in policing, housing, and employment. And then restructure is that we have to restructure our approach to violent crime. We need to get back to doing traditional federal violent complex crimes, dismantling violent gangs. And we're going to also use our arsenal of laws to deal with illegal gun possession in a different way, going after corrupt um, drunk gun traffickers and corrupt dealers. Um, I read a statistic once that 1% of all the crimes I'm sorry, 50% of all the crimes are um, directly linked to 1% of all the gun dealers. So we're going to do that. So it's rebuild, reinvigorate, and restructure. Mm. Yeah, and you're no stranger to the Eastern District. You've been working in the district since uh, I don't know, almost 20 years, right? 2002 is when you started? I did. Before that, I was a criminal defense attorney. I'm a daughter of Detroit, a product yeah. of Detroit Public Schools, a graduate of Cass Technical High School. I'm a, I'm a child of a single mother. I am, My father was murdered when I was a small child. I am a, a, a victim of a crime myself. I'm also the wife of a cop. And I'm also the mother of a young son. And so it is all these experiences, in addition to my extensive experience on both sides of the aisle, that I plan to bring to this role to improve the quality of life of the citizens in this district and also to make every single citizen in this district feel valued. When I think about uh, violent crime and the numbers have just gone up and we read about Chicago all the time and in different cities and different communities, I, I know you mentioned going after uh, some of these gun dealers who are responsible for getting these guns out there. Uh, what are some of the other goals to bring violent crime down in the Eastern District of Michigan? Again, it just takes an approach of de dis going, after going after the worst of the worst and really just trying to address violent crime and the complex violent crime, large gangs and things of that nature, because it's been proven, proven that that has a greater impact on reducing violent crime. <clears throat> so that's the approach we're going to take here. Get back to the basics. Does that, um, how do you feel about the relationships with the local uh, police departments in, in achieving these crimes? I, I haven't heard, I've, for, all, for the most part, I've only heard good things for the past several years. Are the relationships there or do they need rebuilding? Between? I'll who? say Detroit Police or the Wayne County Sheriff's Department, all the, all the different law enforcement agencies that are working together to try and solve this problem because going after the gangs is not easy. Uh, it takes the work of, I, I think anyway, the, the federal law enforcement as well as the local law enforcement. Absolutely. We will work with our state and local partners, and we have done that for years in a co coordinated effort, and we will continue that um, in earnest um, immediately. So that's how we plan to address that. 
Two-year-old Valentina Garnetti is spending her first Christmas at home after nearly 700 days in the hospital. Valentina, who was born with three heart chambers instead of four, has already had to endure seven surgeries, two of which were open heart and a stroke in her young life. Valentina's mother, Francesca, shared her family's story with Chris Renwick. Valentina, from everything she's been through, she's honestly the happiest girl. She has every reason not to be happy, but she truly just is the most genuinely happy person. She's definitely spunky and full of personality, but she loves her life. Even though her life is tough, she's just happy every single day, no matter what it is, even if it's other people. She's just smiling, watching other people be happy. It's awesome to see. Uh, so she was born, and did you know there were complications initially? Did you know that, that something was amiss, or was that a surprise after she was born? I found out at my 20-week anatomy scan when I was pregnant, so I knew beforehand. Mm. And and so so immediately after she was born, I mean, she started going through major surgeries like within days of her birth, right? Right. So, yeah, at my 20-week scan, they told me I would have to start seeking care at U of M. So I saw the cardiologists and teams there and they told me that when Valentina was born, she would need surgery within the first few days of her life. And so she actually had her first open heart surgery when she was only two days old. Hmm. Uh, And, and obviously she, she needed to be in the care of medical professionals. She needed to be watched um, around the clock. It seems because uh, they have all of the technology at the, at the, at their fingertips, stuff that you don't have at home. So, so uh, that became really a second home for you, for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, it did. So, like you said, she was born there. And without intervention, the um, congenital heart defect she has, hypoplastic left heart syndrome, is 100% fatal. So without the care at the hospital, she wouldn't have made it. So it actually did become our home. Obviously, we didn't expect, I don't think anybody yeah. expected us to stay almost 700 days. It's its crazy to think about that the world just keeps yeah. spinning while we are inside of there. But it definitely did become home. And Valentina loved, loved, she still loves all the people there at the hospital, and they equally love her. How has that relationship evolved from being caretakers, from being doctors and nurses, to to being somebody that she she can depend on those aren't strangers to her anymore those are those are her family members how has how has that relationship kind of evolved over over the 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 i guess years i think it's just something that happens naturally obviously being there that long we saw those people every single day so it was it wasn't a fast process it was a slow process but being there literally every single day for two years it's just something that's bound to happen. And one of the nurses are even Valentina's godmother, who made her her <laughs> godmother. So she sees her, and we see everybody all the time because Valentina's super complex. So we're back at the hospital almost weekly for appointments. Yeah. Um, how, how did you try to know? I mean, you know, from Valentina's perspective, it's kind of all she knew, right? Like she didn't realize that there was a whole other world outside the hospital. So, so from her perspective, it was probably normal ish, but, but how did you bring the outside world, all of the celebrations, all of the, the things that you have to celebrate and be thankful for? How'd you bring that to her? You know, for the holidays, I tried my hardest to make it seem as normal as possible. And child life at the hospital and all the doctors and nurses, they do the best they can also. But it's nothing like being outside of the hospital, especially for Christmas. She had a tiny little one-foot, two-foot tree in her hospital room. But seeing her see all the things that's all new to her, you can just see the wonder in her eyes. 
and the awe of everything because like you said going from a little tiny hospital room to the big world it's a huge difference and, and and I guess so. So now she's home, which is great. Yeah. And, and she yeah. does still need to make those trips to the hospitals. And, and that's uh, equally as wonderful that we have that that facility there for you and for for everybody to take advantage of. But but w- what has this uh, you know last few weeks been like for her? How has she how has she taken all of this in? Oh, it's been wonderful. So she has two sisters, too, my two other daughters, and seeing her just do normal everyday things with them and then the holiday things. So reading Christmas books, watching Christmas movies, making and decorating Christmas cookies, driving to see lights. It's little things like that that people take for granted. And I did, too, until Valentina was born. You just don't think about things that truly matter and especially like your health. Nobody really thinks about it. And, you know, when you're put in a position like we were. It definitely makes you take a step back and be thankful for everything that you do have in life. Every December, Paul W. Smith gets to play Santa as part of his annual WJR Christmas on Us broadcast. This year, five deserving military and first responder families were honored with surprise gifts and spending money just in time for Christmas. One of those families was the Lynch family from Holly, and we'll just let Paul take it from here. All right, uh, we are meeting new families and introducing them to you, and that uh, goes for... Logan and Brittany Lynch. This is the Lynch family of Holly. And uh, they were nominated by their mother-in-law, Marcy Lang, who's here with us. We appreciate that. And her husband, Jason. And he's here as well. It's a family affair. Uh, So I guess we should include... Uh, Logan and Brittany's two cats and two dogs. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And what are their names? Callie, Utah, Juno, and Phoenix. <laughs> That's great. Well, good for you. And I'll tell you something. Uh, Logan is an Oakland County Sheriff, a deputy. His mother-in-law tells us that Logan has dedicated his life to protecting others and gives all of himself every time he puts on his uniform. He also works with youth and teens in his free time to provide a positive influence for young people, including a program called Shop with a Cop. What's that about? Yeah, that was, uh, what, a couple... Weeks ago? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Britt and I, we went to Meyer shop around some of the kids, picked out gifts for uh, them and the family. It was quite the experience. Is that, a, is that an Oakland County Sheriff program that maybe Michael Bouchard put together, or is that something else? Uh, I was invited from White Lake. It was uh, the rest department. We, we haven't told the rest of the story. Brittany is also in law enforcement with the White Lake Police Department. That's right. Now, which came first, both of you working in law enforcement or one of you working in law enforcement, the other one then saying, well, I'm going to do that too. Tell me your, I'm going to ask you to tell the story, Brittany. <laughs> um, we started off in Lenaway County, um, and I he worked for the county down there, and um, I worked for the Village of Blissfield, which is in Lenaway County. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of met, I guess, through work. Um, and then we ended up moving up here, and um, he works for Oakland County now, and I work for White Lake, which is in Oakland County. So we're we're still kind of connected through work. So when when did you know Logan that you you had a calling for law enforcement? Because it is a calling. Oh geez, yeah, you know it definitely is. Um, I'd say right out of high school. Yeah, you know, just doing what I can to give back to the people, working with people, and that was kind of it. 
I, and I say it's a calling because it's tough work, it's dangerous work, and you can never be paid enough for five minutes of something going bad. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Right? And and for you, Brittany, when did you know? When you're growing up, you're in high school, you're a cheerleader. I don't know. I just made that up. I, uh, whatever. Whatever you were doing, what made you decide law enforcement? Um, I actually started off in college as me- mechanical engineering. Um, I thought that's something that I wanted to do. I actually like math. Um, and once I started to get into that, it wasn't enough action for me. And I did I did a ride-along with uh, Farmington Hills, and I said, this, this is it. This is my calling. This wow. is what I'm meant to do. Wow. Well, good for you. Thank you. We want to thank you for your service. Um, you are first responders. You are the people who are out there that are a layer of protection for the rest of us day in and day out. You never know what you're going to face when you go out. Frankly, I hate to bring it up, you don't even know if you're going to come back home. I mean, this is a real situation that you think about. I know it now more than ever uh, because of the 100 Club that I'm proudly a member of now, where we've got your back. When you leave and, God forbid, something happens, we're stepping right up with a check to the family right away. And then with help with the kids, if kids come along and education and everything else. So we're very aware of the sacrifices that you make every day. And I thank you again and again. And for all the men and women that you represent, we've got a great uh, gift package for you. Maestro, a pair of Mikimoto pearl stud earrings, courtesy of Ahe Jewelers. And again, Brittany, I think those are for you. But Logan, <laughs> knock yourself out. Officer, right. deputy, what? it doesn't matter. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right, Sean? No, no. no, no not that I look great in pearl yeah. necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets to a New Country Cares concert starring Midland and Parmalee. Tickets to see two cellos in a concert at Little Caesars Arena. And a $50 Kroger gift card from Kearns Brothers. Ooh. And a total of $560 in cash to spend as you'd like, courtesy of all of our generous Christmas on Us sponsors. Congratulations to the Lynch family of Holly. Thank you. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. Happy Holy New Year. That'll do it for Potsui this week. And for the year, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. For full interviews and anything else you might have missed, go to thegreatvoice.com. See you next time. Ho, ho, ho.